Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 192. Thank you for joining us. Today, Bonnie and I are joined by Colby teachers Neva Hernandez and Chelsea Plesco for a discussion about feeding the family. From the early days of herding children through the grocery store to the days of trying to keep the teenage boys fed, we'll reflect on the process and the joys of feeding the family. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn, and podcast fanatic. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and chief homeschooling officer for Colby Academy. Hi, Stephen. We're back in the kitchen today. What do you think about that? I like that. I'm curious to see what new discoveries we'll, we'll, we'll find or we'll come across today. Yeah, uh, it's always a good time talking about food and cooking and feeding our families in the mix of all the other things we have going on. We've invited uh, two Colby Online instructors to visit with us for this conversation, uh, Neva Hernandez and Chelsea Plesco. Welcome, ladies, to the Colby cast. Thank you for having us. Sure, sure. It's great to meet you. I would love to get to know you each a bit. So Neva, will you start us off? Tell us about yourself and your Colby connection and other bits about yourself you'd like us to know. Sure. So I have my BA from Christendom College in English. um, And then I have a JD from Jose Maria School of Law uh, that I ended up not using. I ended up deciding that you know, staying home with my kids and homeschooling was going to be where where my heart was. Um, and so for the most part, I've been homeschooling my own children since the beginning. <laughs> um, and I, I used a very sort of eclectic approach myself. So I feel like I've been aware of Colby for a long time because I used a lot of their materials. Um, and then I actually went to school with uh, Therese Prudlow. And so I knew she had worked for Colby and she had kind of sent out a thing like, hey, Colby's hiring. And I I was at the point, you know, my kids are older. My oldest is, my oldest is about to be a senior in college. <laughs> hey. So, you know, I'm past the, the littles stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was starting to realize like, I need something more to do for myself. I had taught at a hybrid school in Texas. Um, and I really, it turns out I love teaching other people's kids too. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, oh, maybe this is a really good option. And I've just loved getting to know the kids and getting to um, work with them. So it's been a great experience being here. Very cool. So what are you teaching for Colby? I teach seventh grade English grammar um, and seventh grade literature. And then in high school, I teach American government and American civilization. Okay. Okay. Yes. Therese Prudlow is a friend of the Colby cast. She's been here with us many times and it's a big supporter and helps us in lots of ways. It's fun to make these connections too. Yeah. Chelsea, tell us about you. Yeah. So um, I am down in Florida. I'm married and have a toddler. So I'm at the other end, I guess. <laughs> Neva was saying she's out of the toddler world and I'm just jumping into it. Um, and yeah, I studied at St. Leo University. I studied and had a, I have a bachelor's in both English and religion. Uh, and so background wise, I've worked both in parish ministry and Catholic schools, uh, but moving into this role of being a mother, um, 
But, you know, and I love being a stay-at-home mom and it's like such a joy, but also really wanted to still use my gifts and talents. And Colby kind of felt like the best of both worlds, uh, especially because I've really, um, I'm leaning towards homeschooling my daughter and hopefully other future children in the future. Uh, so it felt like a really great way to learn about homeschooling while I'm actually teaching it. Um, so yeah, it's just been a huge joy. And uh, I actually teach English 7 as well, which is kind of a fun coincidence that we're both here, Neva and I. Uh, and then I also teach uh, seventh or sixth grade literature. Cool. So how did you find your way to Colby? Um, I really think it was actually when I was working in parish ministry. Um, you know, you're constantly getting things from different uh, publishers and distribution lists and things like that. And Colby was uh, consistently in those emails that I would hear about through, um, Catholic publishing companies and, and other things like that. And it just kind of sparked something in me. Um, I knew that one day I wanted to, whenever we were able to have children that I wanted to be able to stay at home, but again, like, you know, wanted to still be able to do other things. Um, and I just really loved it. I hadn't really heard of that many online schools that were Catholic and like really authentically Catholic. And so, um, yeah, just started looking into it and was able to, uh, be hired and, and come on staff. So yeah, it's been my, it's my second year now and, uh, yeah, really like it here. Nice. Nice. So we're gathered here today to talk about our kitchen activities, our doings and our interest in food and cooking. So how about you tell us, Chelsea, I'm going to start with you, how you would describe your food slash cooking slash kitchen related interests and how those came to be? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a bit. Okay. Uh, big question, but a good one. I like it. Um, so it started, I guess, I, I've been interested in in cooking and trying things in the kitchen for, for a long time, but I, I always say what really sparked it was getting married. Um, so because prior to that, you know, like living with my mom, even though I would help in the kitchen or I would try recipes certain nights, you kind of defer to your parents. Right. Um, but then, you know, I get married and my husband can cook maybe one thing. And so <laughs> God bless him. And he knows that that's not completely his gift. And so, and he was willing to try anything that I wanted to try. And I'm like, okay, this is great. So it just, um, really allowed me to be really creative in the kitchen and try different recipes. And, uh, and so that kind of, continue to grow from there, you know, and, um, we've went through different phases where we've tried, okay, let's try and eat paleo for a little bit, or let's try and eat this way. And, and even in doing that, even though we haven't like, you know, stuck with it long-term, it exposes you to different recipes or different ways to cook something. Um, yeah. And so it, that, that's how it's just continued to grow. Um, and then I'm also a planner. So, you know, every, Weekend, I sit down, I pick out, you know, however many recipes. I try to pick at least one thing that maybe I can batch cook or, um, you know, have leftovers for. And um, yeah, but I just continue to try stuff and learn. I, I'm learning new recipes. I don't know, even in the past two weeks, I've been learning new things. So yeah, that's just kind of how it continues to evolve for me. Okay. What about you, Neva? So... I feel like I first got interested in cooking because I was sick a lot as a kid, which, and so I was home and I was, the only thing I was allowed to watch was PBS and PBS at the time had Julia Child 
and it had um, a chef called the Frugal Gourmet. And so, uh, and there was probably a couple others too, um, but those two really were the ones that hit me and I was so fascinated and I wasn't always able to go and like try those recipes um, quite then, but it did get me interested. And as I got older, wanting to try more things and to cook. And so um, I would, I would start trying things out. And then, you know, once I got married, you have, you have your own kitchen, which is kind of a different, I think it's a different step for most women, like going from your mother's kitchen to your own kitchen where you're, you get to pick the spices and you get to pick how it's organized and you get to pick what you buy at the store, um, all those things. And so I share this story with my students sometimes about sometimes seeing a word in context, you get it wrong. So growing up, I thought frugal meant like fancy. <laughs> because I had watched the frugal gourmet and he made all these amazing dishes. It it wasn't till later that I found out that frugal means like spending your money wisely and carefully. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a much different meaning than I thought it had. Yeah. Um, But from the context, that's what I thought it meant. Uh, But I did go back to that frugality. My husband was, um, you know, getting a PhD, which it turns out does not pay well. Uh, so, and then I was trying to stay home and work part-time rather than go out of the house full-time, especially because we were moving a lot because, um, academia, it's, it's tough sometimes to be able to stay in one place while you're looking for work. So, um, frugality definitely became part of my, my kitchen practices and finding meals that would work, but would be, you know, delightful, (laughs) not just like you know, beans and rice every, and we were in Louisiana. So there's a lot of love for beans and rice. I don't want to like knock that, but a little, you know. Sure, sure. A little, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And repertoire. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what do you enjoy most about food and cooking, Diva? Uh, you know, I feel like it's just, you know, I think the creative aspect of it is something as well. Like you take these ingredients that are so separate and then you like create something and then you get to give it to other people. And that's, I I think that's, um, that aspect of it is fun. I like to experiment. It's a pretty safe place to experiment. You know, if you decide to like paint all your walls, that could go disastrously, but if you cook a meal and it doesn't work out, which happens plenty, um, you just don't make it again. (laughs) You're not stuck with it. So something about both the creative and the ephemeral aspect of it appeals to me. Um, And then, you know, I like to eat good food myself and, you know, nourishing the family, all those things, you know, just kind of come together to, to make it fun. And now my, my daughter is just enthralled with baking. In fact, she has baking club later today. And so that's been fun too, to like be able to do things with her in the kitchen a little more, um, as opposed to my sons who really want to cook because they want to eat. And, you know, there's Chelsea's talking about leftovers. When you have teenage boys, that's, that's not a thing. What's that? <laughs> like, no, that's, that's not a thing. In fact, you have to sort of portion things and like hide them sometimes. And, you know, <laughs> Labels. <laughs> Do not open. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. I think all of those and just, I like experimenting. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Do you um, lean more towards cooking or baking or both or equally? So 
I love baking, but <laughs> um, I don't always have the time for that. So I end up with the more practical cooking and finding ways, finding easy recipes has been, you know, important too, as you know, people get busy and like this time of year is crazy. So there's lots of like slow cooker meals and make ahead things. And um, I've recently discovered sheet pan meals, which have been a revelation. I'm in love with the sheet pan meal yeah. uh, just because it's not like some of the crock pot's great, but it's always like wet stuff and you can have a little more roasted and I prefer my vegetables roasted anyway I think all vegetables should just be roasted with olive oil and garlic like <laughs> that's that's my theory on vegetable how it's meant to be yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you Chelsea what do you what do you enjoy most like as you're kind of experimenting and and trying new things what what about it do you most enjoy yeah I think I was as I was listening to Neva talk, um, I, I can really I just, I, I agree with a lot of what you were saying. It, it's really satisfying. I think initially it was kind of, you're a little bit nervous when you try new recipes, like, is it going to go right? And how much time do I need? And at least when I was a newlywed, you know, I didn't, wasn't, you know, balancing a toddler and trying to cook at the same time. So I could kind of, you know, get some practice into me. Um, but I, I just really love it. And I feel like, especially something I was thinking when you were talking about frugality that like these past couple of years, light things have just all gotten so much more expensive. Um, and I really value good quality foods, right? Like ingredients that are nourishing, um, whole foods, real foods, not all this like filler stuff. And so I feel like when I make my food, it's better for me. It's better for my husband and daughter. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just really satisfying. It's really exciting to to figure out how to make certain things from scratch and realize like it's not that hard and I can save money by doing it. Um, and just learning how to make things even beyond what I learned. My mom was a great cook. She is a great cook and, and does all sorts of things. Um, but it's been fun to kind of like take what I learned from her and, and take it to a whole new level. Um, I just love trying new things, trying recipes, especially like if you go out to eat and, you know, like that's another thing that's so expensive, um, even though we love doing it, um, like taking that and saying, okay, well, this might cost 25 or $30 if I went out to a nice restaurant, but now I learned how to make it for $25 for four people, you know? And um, so I, I think that's just a really fun thing. And my husband even says, he's like, I feel like our meals start to even taste better because, you know, when you go to restaurants, sometimes they're making things really quick and uh, you just never kind of know what you're going to get. And when you make it at home, you know, what's in it, you know, what's going into it. So um, yeah. 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 Stephen, I don't know if I've asked you this, but what, I, I would put the same question to you. Are you, you're pretty handy in the kitchen. What, what about it do you like the most? As both Neva and Chelsea were talking, I was thinking, one of the things that cooking does for me is that, you know, again, I always mention this Highlands ability battery thing that I, I talk about, but I, there's a, an ability to kind of move things in three dimensions in your mind. You could turn them around and, and do things. And they, they've kind of discovered that the, the stronger that ability is, the, the more you need, you kind of feel grounded. You need to do something with your hands. And so, especially when I moved from engineering over into, uh, you know, education and my days are spent in meetings and in thoughts and 
I need something to do with my hands. I need to produce something. And so, so cooking both gives me a quiet time after a day of meetings and things like that. And then I get to make something and I've taken it to the next level recently where I, I actually kind of look around and nobody wants to do dishes afterward. And I think I can play music and do dishes in the kitchen after dinner. That's actually very nice. I'll just, everybody leave. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to take care of this here. They still help and, and things, but, yeah. but the, the thing, so it's nice to create. I like good food, but I also, it satisfies that need in a, in a useful way for me to actually produce something as well. So that's one of the things for me, I think. Yeah. Nice. Neva, do you get your kids involved in the kitchen with you? I know your daughter is baking. Do you otherwise, so you mentioned your boys making food. T tell me more about that. Yeah. The the boys I've, I've tried, we've tried to, to teach them some basic cooking skills because they will someday have to feed themselves. And I hope that it's not just junk food. Uh, my oldest, when he was in high school, he had a job at um, a grocery store, and which sounds like it would be lovely, but it also meant that he had money and access to all the junk food. <laughs> so there was, there was a little bit of, how are you bringing home a soda again? Like, this is not, but there's, you know, yeah. Uh, but we've, we've, we've tried to teach them a little bit and they haven't, um, they haven't gotten like too creative, but they're, they're willing to make the basics because they agree that it does need to happen. Um, yeah. and my daughter, she's, she's a little bit, she'll cook pancakes and she'll like what it, you know, as it comes to cooking, cooking pancakes so far, sort of the thing she's interested in, we're probably going to start nudging her a little more like, you know, why don't we cook real food? <laughs> But the baking is so fun. And she's at this point, she's like, I think I want to be, you know, a pastry chef when I grow up. Mm. I was like, well, okay. You know, that's, if you want to tinker around in the kitchen, there's a lot worse things you could be doing than that. So, you know, have at it. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's not as much as I would have liked to, but, um, it's, like the bit, but it's also some me time, which... <laughs> Yes. When you have, when you have younger children, especially is not, and you homeschool, you're home with your children a lot. And sometimes, you know, one of the benefits of homeschooling is the togetherness of the family. And one of the, the downfalls is that you're together all the time. So a little bit of space sometimes is, is healthy for everybody. And sort of like Steve saying that time in the kitchen is a little bit of me time. Um, that and grocery shopping, which I know once I was able to go grocery shopping without children, it's like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I love going to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm almost on the opposite, Eva, because I think it's, I'm still where it's like adorable to bring my daughter to the grocery store. And she loves being in the shopping cart and waving to any person that will catch her eye. Um so, and she doesn't know yet that like she can pick things out. I'm just filling the card up and she's like, oh, okay, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> so it gets more difficult. Yeah. yeah. My boys are 16 months apart. So it was always, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of time where there wasn't two of them oh going gosh. places. <laughs> that was, that was rough. Um, uh, but funny. you know, that, 
you know, you, you get through those stages in life and you look back and you're just like, oh, that was so delightful. Didn't feel that way at the time, but, you know, I'm already getting nostalgic for the littles <laughs> running around. Well, that was me. Um, my kids were born, I had four and five years and I would have them all and I referred to the carts with the extension on it to put two kids. You know, I called those the brother carts because my, my boys are older and then I have two, I have two boys and then two girls. So the brother cart was, you know, the seats for the kids and then the whole shopping cart, right? Like, so you get all this momentum going with the kids and the stuff in the cart and whatever. And you're like, look out because I'm here, I'm coming, you know, I got all the kids. Anyway. So now I find if I'm in a store by myself now and I see a mom with, with in that similar scene, I'm, I have to restrain myself and be like, I know what that's like. Like I can remember that was me. So if someone approaches you in the grocery store, I mean, like, I remember like, anyway, moving on. <laughs> I, I, I admire all of you for being, having the ability to do that. I think I was just a high risk person taking my children to a grocery store. It'd be like, will they get run over or lost or something? If I could make it out with my distractedness in a store and still have the children alive and with me at the end, it was a success. And it, well, fortunately it was always a, su a success, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a challenge. I think too, you know, sometimes when you're in that stage with littles, especially multiple littles, and you feel like, oh, I want to make these beautiful dinners and I want to have all these beautiful traditions and say, it's okay to simplify in this stage of life. There will be plenty of opportunities, but don't expend your energy on things that are sort of extra, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> that term, like it's okay to, you know, have spaghetti a couple nights yeah. in a row. It's yeah. okay, you know. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, just... like Neva, as much as I love cooking, I try to have at least one like ready prep meal. Like I'll get something from Costco that like when nothing is, I'm like, I have no energy left today. I was like, we are eating this. I'm going to put some rice in the rice cooker and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, also like, oh, because even now you still have to, no matter how old you get, I think. And even I'm sure when the kids are out of the house, there will be days. <laughs> it's like, nope. yeah. When, they, when mine were little, that was kind of part of what we did was like to keep them busy and to keep, you know, to be present to them, supervising them. It, we would read a lot of books out loud and we would do stuff in the kitchen. <laughs> it was like the bulk of our, anyway, and play outside. But yeah, so, yeah. yep. Okay. So do either of you contend with food sensitivities or allergies or things like that you, that you need to factor into your uh, meal plans and, and cooking stuff? Um, yeah, not too much. My daughter, obviously like, so she's a year and a half. So we were just still like introducing solids over the past year. And so going through all of that, I had to kind of be mindful of that, try, you know, like trying different foods at each time to make sure she didn't have allergies. Um, and you know, thankfully we're good. Uh, you know, we just tried a lot of them early on. Cause I, I've heard that the more exposure they have to things it helps. Um, I'm not sure if that's, true, but it worked for us. So we're, we're in the clear with that. Um, but otherwise, no, I haven't had to, to work with allergies. We've just done some like different diets and things like that, just to, to try those, um, kind of my experience. Yeah. We we've tried like paleo and some of that, you know, nourishing traditions kind of stuff mm -hmm. at times. Um, just to try them. I have one son who is a vegetarian. So the family is not. So that's, you know, making sure I'm making sides that meet that and then having him have stuff that he can add to that. 
himself. Um, which again, that's just sort of like basic subsistence yeah. <laughs> cooking, yeah. but we've been very blessed that we don't have some of the allergies and stuff that, that people do. Um, so that make that does make it a lot easier. <laughs> and I feel like Bonnie has to ask this for my sake, whenever we're talking cooking, because yeah, in our, in our family, it's like gluten, dairy, soy no not soy. actually soy is one of the good ones but one you know one with gluten sesame orange you know the another one with dairy another one with nuts and stone fruits and and we're we're this coming couple weeks we'll have everybody home and di dinner becomes a lot more complicated all of a sudden it's good yeah. but it's a it's a little complicated though that, that adds to the challenge i'm sure right <laughs> Whenever we talk about this, then it, it turns out that the food I ate growing up in rural Wisconsin, minus the bread, I, I guess, was, you know, meat, starch, vegetables works pretty well. So so that's what we that's what we revert yeah. back to when everybody's yeah. around. Go back to the basics. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, I'd love to hear some of your favorite recipes or meals or traditions that you all have. Do you, what comes to mind there? I, I was just going to share at least some new things I've tried and then I can, yeah. I can go into some things that maybe have worked well. Um, so just over the past couple of weeks, this is, I guess, the continued experiment experimentation in the kitchen um, is I learned how to make risotto, which I always felt really intimidated by that idea because it, they say it's a very finicky recipe and if you don't pay attention to it, you can ruin it. Um, and I don't know why I felt like mid-December was the time to learn a new recipe, but, <laughs> you know, here I am. Um, so I learned that and it, and I actually, I read some steps about how to do it. It's actually a Catholic author that she talks a lot about risotto. She has a cookbook that she sold as a, um, a fundraiser for her adoptions. And so there was a lot of risotto recipes in there. So I said, let me just do that. I'm going to take my time. My husband and I picked out one to try. Um, and it was great. And my, my toddler even loved it, which I'm thinking like, you know, it's creamy rice with like cheese and stuff. You can't go wrong for a toddler. It was, it was great. Um, and so then I, I tried that again. So it was really fun to like, uh, try this new recipe that felt a little intimidating. Um, and I think that's what it is that I try to just take these new things one by one and, and test them out. I even, um, you know, kind of speaking to allergies, uh, something we always try to avoid in the house is, is soy. I feel like there's a lot of soy and a lot of things and we're not like crazy about it, but I'm always trying to look at different ways to, to do it. Um, and so mayonnaise, I learned how to make mayonnaise a couple weeks ago or in the last month. And it was funny because in our English class, we were talking about how to articles and I, it came up and my students were like, you can make mayonnaise. <laughs> like yeah it's not that hard like uh and so some of them were like can you show what's the recipe like they wanted to see the how-to article <laughs> how to do it <laughs> that's great um so and so that's been really fun and then mayonnaise is the base to a lot of salad dressing so then you can make homemade ranch dressing or caesar salad and and just those simple things just making a caesar salad all of a sudden it tastes so much better um because you made things homemade so that was that was really fun and Good way. So those are just been a couple of new things that have been really fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's anything I can think of as far as uh, traditional stuff. Um, I feel like I'm just still always trying lots of things. I think 
through the seasons I rotate, like in the summers, I, I, we grill more and we make a lot more salads. And then in the wintertime, I love, even though it's not as cold in Florida, <laughs> um, I still want to like make some soups or more just like those comfort foods. And, uh, so I rotate kind of season. I try to eat seasonally to, to an extent or like eating the fresh fruits, like in the fall, I eat a lot of squash and pumpkin and, um, yeah. Thanks. Neva, you mentioned sheet pan meals. Do you have any ones you want to share with us or do you have other favorite recipes you have in mind? The nice thing about sheet pan meals is they're pretty like put the stuff on the tray. So you just have to pick like what's your protein, what's your vegetables. So for us, it's been a lot of um, like chicken, um, especially chicken, like bone in, skin on chicken thigh. Mm -hmm. I believe in bones and skin for flavor <laughs> um, <laughs> on those. And then, you know, just something like carrots or something seasonal. Um, we get, we participate in this like vegetable co-op thing and you go every two weeks and you get a box of vegetables, but it's a surprise, right? Like you don't actually know what you're going to get. So there've been times like I don't normally cook with beets and we've gotten like a lot of beets. I'm like, okay, I need to find some things to do with beets. I also need to cut and do this without like making my kitchen look like a crime scene. That was exciting. But you know, I found some recipes and we did just like a ground beef hash. So we, we added some potato, like we cut them up and added some potatoes and the ground beef and onions and garlic. Cause I feel like onions and garlics are, you just, you just assume that's in the recipe, right? <laughs> like what recipe doesn't have onions and garlic? Right. Um, to do that and just do like a simple hamburger hash on, you know, and then you can have it on rice. You can have it on. Um, I like to roast cabbage as well. Like sliced roasted cabbage um, has kind of become a favorite of mine. Um, we've been trying to eat a little lower carb just to do that. So, you know, um, cabbage is great for that, you know, <laughs> probably healthier than some of the other things and roasted with olive oil and garlic is delicious. <laughs> Yeah, good. actually, as you're saying that, I'm like, you need to send me that recipe because I feel like I only cook cabbage one way, and so I don't buy it that often because I'm out of ideas. But I'm like, roasting yeah. it—that sounds great. It yeah. lasts a really long time. A head of cabbage. Yes, that's the other nice thing about cabbage, and the same with spinach. So I, instead of buying lettuce for for salads, I usually get spinach because it just lasts longer if you don't get to it, and then if you think it's about to go, you can cook it. And then you can, then you can have it for later too. Um, so frugal tips, on yeah. making things last because all of us have ended up with some sort of horribly deformed vegetable in the back of our refrigerator. <laughs> like, how, how old is this cucumber? Is right. that even what it is? You know. <laughs> um, so foods that last long, just in case, because life gets crazy to say, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm probably not going to waste this because I know it's there. And yeah. Yeah. We can, we can get to it. Um, or you can cook it and then it'll, you can free, like if you cook, yeah. cook it and then you can freeze it in something else or put it in something else oh, and true. then you have yeah. there. So avoiding that food waste, I think, I think it's always good just in general. Waste not. Oh, we literally did that this morning though. When you were saying that about like using things up, I was like, there's this bag of kale. And if I do not use this, it's like, so we made smoothies. There are kale smoothies now. <laughs> we just threw a lot of fruit in there to hide the kale flavor. <laughs> yeah. That's how I do spinach. I put spinach in smoothies. Yeah. Yeah. 
I actually really like spinach. I'll put it in all kinds of things and, mm-hmm. you know, like it in quiches. And that's, that turns out to be an easy dish. Like a crustless quiche is just mm-hmm. a really simple, looks fancy dish. Um, uh, we'll do that a lot in Lent, actually. <laughs> We're talking, I know, that we're, mm-hmm. we're coming up. But just like a vegetable crustless quiche, you can have it with a salad. You can just yeah. eat it with the vegetables in it. And, you know, it's it comes together quickly. And even if you do like a patty pan crust, instead of like trying to roll something out and, you know, just something you can, um, we actually have an almond flour crust that we do that with a lot that you just, you mix it up. You can mix it up right in the pie pan you pat it out, you put your stuff in, you stick it in the oven. Very simple, you know. That's a good idea. Now the egg prices have come back down. (laughs) Yeah, true. On your sheet pans, do you find yourself having to like sequence, like one thing goes on the sheet pan, you bake that for a while, then you add something to it? Or do you typically, it's all at once? I put everything on at once. I think um, technically some of the recipes do want you to add things later, but um a lot of the things, because a lot of times I'm doing more things like carrots and stuff, which I think are better, a little bit caramelized. I'll go in and like stir it up so it doesn't like, you know, get too cooked on one side or whatever. But um, I haven't. I mostly make sure it's the meat that's getting cooked and go from there. <laughs> that's one of the handiest parts of it, right? You just put it all on there and put it in the oven and then, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned actually Lent and when this episode drops it, Lent will be on the horizon for us. It'll be just around the corner. So let's talk about that for a second. I'm curious, do your parishes do like fish fries or soup suppers or anything like that, that, that they want folks to bring stuff to? So I I know, so the Knights of Columbus always has like fish fries on Fridays. And then there is um, there's like a soup potluck, but it's on Thursday, so it's not meatless. Um, and I've only been able to to manage to get to it once, <laughs> but they'll have mass and then they'll have um, a potluck. But in terms of um, other community events, not not so much. Yeah. About you, Chelsea. Uh, so our parish is actually where I was previously working and it's, it was actually from my childhood parish. There's a lot of fun little, uh, full circle moments with that. Um, but when I was working there in faith formation, we used to do a Mardi Gras party with the children as a way to remind them, like, this is the hurrah and the Knights of Columbus would come in and do a pancake breakfast for dinner. Cause that's kind of one of the traditional, uh, meals. Uh, so that was always fun. And then we would end the evening with a short prayer service, you know, 10, 15 minutes, kind of reminding them, okay, you know, Lent is starting. Um, but then, uh, yeah, fish fries, our Knights of Columbus also do those. Uh, and it's been tricky, especially, you know, now balancing, like, when's the child going to bed? Like, are we going to make it? This and that. So a lot of times we're just really cooking things at home more often than not for Lent. Um, I love seafood. I, I feel like seafood can be really intimidating. I think I'm still intimidated sometimes, even though I love it. Uh, but I've tried to learn um, how to do certain things like salmon. Everybody's always talking about, oh, salmon has all these properties. And I've, I feel like I've learned some of that and and other different fish recipes. Um, yeah, so that's kind of one of our go-to is just learning how to cook fish from home on our own. And then um, my husband's really good at pizza. That's the one thing he's figured out how to make is 
that's that's the one time he takes over the kitchen. And so we'll do uh, margarita pizzas a lot of times on Fridays, even throughout the year, because we try not to eat meat on Fridays all year long um, as much as we can. And and so he'll make uh, we'll do pizza nights a lot and he'll he'll make homemade pizzas, which is really fun. So, yeah, that's kind of what our sounds good. Yeah, I actually don't like seafood and I grew up in Rhode Island where there was really fresh I mean it was yeah top quality so I I legitimately just don't like it <laughs> so we do more vegetables um vegetable based things egg based things uh pizza of course and in, speaking of my boys that is one they learned because they learned that if they get it put together they can have yeah. pizza for dinner so we have a recipe that's like this, it's like a no rise, no need recipe uh, mm-hmm. that works really well. And they'll, so they will make pizza. Neva, how do you guys make your pizza? Just curious. So we have a recipe. It's like, it's like a no, it, as I said, it's no need, no rise. So it uses a whole bunch of um, yeast right in the beginning. And then um, it's, it's a patty pan one that you, you don't need to roll it out. You you press it into the pan. I usually just use my big, basic rectangle baking pans. Oh, okay. Is it like a deep dish? Ours, is, we have something no, like that, but it comes not, out kind of a deep I dish. I call it deep dish. We we do make deep dish now and then in the cast iron, and that takes a lot longer, um, but it's it's cool. worth it. I was so impressed that I was able to, you also have to really let it cool so that when you cut it, it's, you know, it stands up, like yeah. you know what I mean? Where, Cause there's <laughs> yeah. so much sauce in there that you have to get it thick. And it's, that one is not an easy weeknight meal, but our regular pizza recipe <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're completely different. My husband has a pizza stone and we used to put it in the oven and you want it to get really hot. And so, you know, our whole house is getting hot up and up to like 475. And then ironically, like I was telling you guys, I think earlier being down in Fort Myers, when we went through the hurricane, you do a lot of food on the grill because you don't have electricity for a couple of days when the power's out. And so we had pizza dough that was about to go bad because the hurricane came, we hadn't realized. And so my husband made pizza on the grill and it was like this happy accident. And that's how we make it now because the grill can get so much hotter. Um, and so we do like a really thin, I guess almost New York style pizza on the grill. And it's, it's done in like three, four minutes. It's really crispy. So I always love hearing, we've gotten really into it. So I love hearing all the different ways people make it. Like I didn't even think about making deep dish. That sounds really cool too. So yeah, this one we have is it ends up being almost like focaccia bread, the base of it. Oh yeah. And it's in, yeah. So it's a good, it's a good one. And that's a good one for kids to put together too. Yeah. It's from um, King Arthur flower, one of our cookbooks from them. So yeah. Yeah. About you, Stephen, does your parish do Lenten meals? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we've only been here for about two years. And um, normally we just don't, we don't really pay too much attention to the parish things because of all the food allergies. It's like, sure. I, I don't know what any of my children can actually eat here, whether it will be safe or whether I'll end up with sick people. So, so we just tend to sneak in after the meal for the later things or sneak out before the meal if we go there before so yeah that makes a lot of sense our parish does um soup suppers and they ask the various groups within the parish 
to provide the meals throughout Lent. So like I, I'm a parish music director, so our choir will do take one week or the Knights of Columbus will do a week or the Women's Guild or um, like the, the outreach office will, will put stuff together. So I I find it interesting, like how what do I prepare for that? Like, <laughs> so um, the good ideas that we have hit upon and other folks have done have been like, like baked mac and cheese or various soups. So we've done like a roasted red pepper and tomato soup that has white beans in it that gets all wazzed up in the blender or stick blender that has gone over well. So, yeah. Are there other things about Lent and the Easter season that that come to mind? Um, it doesn't have to be about food. Um, going through Lent into the feasting season of of Easter, the longest other than ordinary time, our, our long season of feasting longer than fasting. What are your thoughts there? How do you keep that celebration going? That's a tough one to think. How do you keep it going? I think by having Lent be quieter, you know, just in terms of everything in life, um, which we try to do, we try not to do a lot of extra stuff. I try to prep um, for the fun stuff on Sundays (laughs) Uh rather than, you know, during the week. Although obviously that doesn't always happen, but um, it, it reminds when I was, when I was in high school, I sang in the church choir and I hated Lent because you had to practice the Alleluia. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to be singing the Alleluia. It's Lent. Um, Did you sing a different word? Like watermelon? You sing something else? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I do, I do like Lent to be mellow and quiet and just going through. So then life gets loud again. And certainly for the first couple weeks, it's, it's obvious that there's a difference. Um, And then I'm not good about taking decorations down. So there's probably, you know, some happy pastel decorations around that never got put away, but I'm not sure that quite counts. Sure. Sure. Absolutely does. That's intentional, right? You're like, this is a long festive season. We're going to keep these decorations. I say it counts. Yeah. For what it's worth. (laughs) Yeah. I think uh, for me, a few things, um, when you were talking about Lent, I was thinking about, um, so when I was younger, I got to spend some time on mission with the Salesian sisters and something that was really interesting living a community with them. Uh, and every year during Lent, they would pick a practice to do as a community. Uh, and a lot of times it was food-based. I think there was also usually some sort of spiritual aspect, like an additional prayer or what have you. Um, but one year, for instance, like you were saying, soups, uh, the dinner on Friday was a, a soup and bread. They didn't even put butter out. It was just very simple. And then um, another year we fasted from meat multiple times. And at first I was thinking like, I didn't, I, I'm just the missionary, so I just... <laughs> I, on I got included in that without being asked. I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this too. Um, but it really now being married and they, they told me a lot of this beforehand. They're like, even though you're not going to be a sister, a lot of what you're going to learn is going to reflect into your future life when you're married with children. And it's true because you can pick a, something as a family, um, even as the parents, you know, cause my daughter doesn't know what's going on her plate yet every day. Um, but fasting those things as a family and I think fasting from some sort of food for me always feels, um, it really helps you feel that, um, that ache during Lent, right. Um, cause you're having that physical ache or that physical craving, um, and not to like hit Easter obviously and like hit the ground running. Like I've given up, like I love cheese in all forms, you know, and I've given up cheese before as part of Lent because it makes your food a lot more flavorful. And so then your food automatically 
kind of bland for 40 something days. Um, and so obviously not to go crazy as soon as you hit Easter, but it almost, your food automatically feels a little bit more decadent because you get to maybe enjoy some things that you've, um, sacrificed for that month and a half, what have you. Um, and I just love the Easter because, you know, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, I feel like the menus are always kind of set. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas Easter and then, you know, the Easter season, there's just like some fun and flexibility and it's springtime when everything is, um, there's so many ripe fruits and produce. And so there's just, uh, I feel like every year it's like, oh, let's try this. Let's do this. Like, I don't feel like there's one thing we stick to, but it's just let's, let's have fun and rejoice and use food as a way of that rejoicing. So nice. yeah, that's true. I always think for Easter, I try to do, you know, we have a ham, like a ham is much easier to cook than something mm-hmm. like you just kind of are warming it up more than anything right, yeah. else. Um, mm-hmm. And to have some like sides that are ready to go so that during, you know, from, from Holy Thursday, it's, it's calmer mm-hmm. just because there is something about getting overly busy in the kitchen, which you want your family to have a nice meal. You want, you know, all these things, but you know, so we'll usually on, on holidays, we usually have cinnamon buns for breakfast. So I will make those and freeze them so that those are ready to go. Like I could make those three months ahead and Mm -hmm. (laughs) just Mm -hmm. throw them in. Um, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be running around Easter morning cooking. Um, you know, I buy the ham, but sides I do like, we like twice baked potatoes. So that'll be prepped and ready to go. And then, you know, it's, it's nice, but it's simple, you know, it's always a good thing. And I do the same, um, for good Friday, we always do the, um, hot cross buns. So, and now my daughter has a lot of taken that over, but again, we do those. I was able to find a recipe that you prep the night before you have them formed, you stick them in the fridge, you stick them in a cold oven, turn the oven on, you know however many minutes, 25, what, I don't remember the number of minutes, but then you have the fresh buns and you weren't running around on good Friday morning trying to cook. Um, and then you have, you know, they're pretty small and it's a day of fasting. So you have this one somewhat sweet, you know, because even within all of that, there is still sweetness you know what has happened. And then you have your little fasted breakfast and you know, when you have kids that aren't fasting too, you do need to give them something. <laughs> so they might have more than that, but that's okay. <laughs> mm, those are good ideas. Uh, you mentioned something, Chelsea, when we were prepping this episode about a binder you're keeping of the recipes that you like. Can you tell us about that? Oh, yeah, sure. So I, uh, I feel like a lot of the ways that I've learned recipes over the years uh, is you know, I, I'm sure it's what a lot of people do now is we look things up online. Right. Um, but I don't like having my phone out or even more so my laptop out in the kitchen. Right. I, you know, just the messiness of it and then the screen locks and it's just not as convenient. Um, and I came across this group. It was actually through a homemakers group online and they recommended printing everything and organizing it in a binder, you know, think of similar ways that you would organize your schoolwork. Right. Um, and so, and so that's what I did maybe a little over a year ago is I have a binder and the recommendation they made, which I thought was really smart, was to organize it actually um, by meat because you're not always thinking, let me have a soup tonight, but you you might be thinking more so, I have chicken thighs in the freezer and I really need to use them up. What can I do with them? So if you flip to the chicken section, here's all these chicken recipes 
And, and so that's worked really well. So we have, I have kind of, um, like an appetizer section, vegetarian section, um, which is, you know, Fridays, Lent, all that kind of stuff. And then chicken, pork and beef. And then I think there's a dessert. I don't really, I I'm, I'm definitely more cooking than baking. <laughs> um, probably cause it's the, like Neva was saying earlier, like the practicality, like we need to eat every day, but the baking is, um, yeah. So anyways, it's been great. So I, I save a lot of my recipes on Pinterest, but all the ones that I know I'm using, I started printing them out. So I probably have at least 40 ish in the binder and I have those clear protector sleeves, um, to protect it from all the That's good idea. kitchen, what have you, Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun because then your cookbook is a mix of all those recipes that you like and enjoy. Um, yeah. So it's been really great. I have something similar. I, I used to um, have a stack of magazines that would have recipes in them and then that became quite the storage issue. And so I went through and tore out the pages of the magazines that I wanted to keep the recipes from and organize them into a binder. I love binders. I'll have a binder for just about anything. I just love it. Um, <laughs> so I would add printed out recipes from the internet or, or whatever. And that's a great idea to organize it by meat so that you can kind of dial in. Like I have, yeah, I like that idea. Mine's not to that level. That's a good idea. Um, I do have sections of it and the sweet section is somehow the thickest section. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> I had to go through and thin it out here recently. Uh, one thing I love about that is as my kids have gotten older and handier and more independent in the kitchen and they have come up with stuff that they like to make, they have either written out their recipes that they've come up with or refined, you know, um, and stuck them in there. And so I'll find those every once in a while in their handwriting and ask them to date it a lot of the time so that I can, you know, place it in time when, how old were they when they did this? And that's kind of a fun thing to run across every once in a while when just to see what they, you know, what they were doing at one time and what they're still doing. Um, one of my sons likes to bake bread and now my younger daughter does as well. And my other daughter likes, has several things that she likes to make. So, and my, my old, my younger son also has his specialties as well. So it's just neat to see their contributions to it too. It becomes a bit of a memento and gets rid of the magazines. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Any other tips or organizing hacks or that, that's an ugly word, but <laughs> anything like <laughs> <No>. that? that... <laughs> um, I will share something because occasionally my husband will run to the grocery store for me, which is always funny because, you know, I know the grocery store by the back of my hand and where things are. Um, but I've, you know, and I always, I prep and I make lists, like here's the meals for the week here's what I need. I'm not, I try not to buy too many extras, although I'm, I'm sure we all throw a couple of fun things in the cart. Um, but I started for, for me and it helps him a lot when he's going to the grocery store is I organize things by the category in the grocery store. And so like all the produce is all in one part of the list, all the meat, all the perishables, I kind of put them all even like where it is and it doesn't take too much time to do it. Um, but he was like, wow, it was so much easier to find things because he wasn't <laughs> running all over like the going store. In circles, yeah. <laughs> so if you need that tip, if you're sending somebody <laughs> to the grocery store, um, yeah, that that's worked for us is, is organizing the list. So that's a great idea. Yes. Makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not, I usually go to the store and see what's on sale and sometimes on clearance, like, um, you know, marked down meats and stuff like that. I wouldn't, when I was first married, you know, 20 years ago, like we, we needed to do those, those things. And I got to a point where I was like, Oh, we don't need to buy the markdown meat. Let someone else who needs it. And then I found out that 
most people don't buy them. And so they're just getting thrown out. And I was like, oh, well, if we're just getting thrown out, you know, I'm going to do my part to eliminate food waste and go ahead and buy the clearance things. So, you know, I will, I'll buy a bunch of clearance stuff and package it up and put it in my, my freezer and sort of figure out, um, you know, obviously look at it first. I mean, for the most part, there's been things I wouldn't take, but um, that way, you know, it helps to just be, you know, thrifty with what you've done and then go from there to pick the meal. So I kind of pick the meals based on what I have and like the vegetable thing. I don't know necessarily what vegetables I'm going to be getting. Um, so I kind of do it the other way. I see what I have and then I decide what we're going to eat. So that ups the creativity yeah. ante a bit. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a fun challenge. <laughs> Any final thoughts or other things we haven't gotten to that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think I'm good. This has been really, it's really fun talking about all of this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, especially with other people who enjoy cooking, but look at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to stretch my own mind to think of things differently. And um, yeah, it's been really cool to hear your ideas and the things you have to share, all three of you. Yeah, this has been great. I really enjoyed getting to meet you and visit with you and really appreciate you guys coming to visit with us today. I hope you come back and share some more thoughts with us on another occasion. Thanks, Neva. Chelsea, thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Subscribe to the Colby Cast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, St. Ignatius of Loyola, Holy Saints and Angels, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.